Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. I guess we should just get started with some news. So you have some exciting news to share. You want to make your big announcement? Yeah. So so officially, this will well, this will all come into play in February next year. But I have joined uh, Lakeside Software after customer solutions, or we're just calling solutions internally. Obviously, at the moment, I'm just consulting to to Lakeside until uh, I get back to the UK. So finally, going over to. Uh, the vendor that I've spent so much time working with. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, and yeah should, we share I, your, the, should we share the irony of your news? <laughs> yeah, I know. So I still like, I can't, I can't believe that things worked out this way. So Ryan and I were coworkers for about a whole week um, because I have moved on from Lakeside Software um, after five really, really good years. Uh, now I'm just a statistic in the great, you know, in the wave of the great resignation. <laughs> Even though virtualization is not really in my realm anymore, I'll still be following along with that space and Lakeside and I'm excited to still watch things evolve. Yeah, it's, it's, you say, you know, it's, it's not for you what you currently do, but I find, you know, doing other industries is not as interesting as, as this industry. I don't know what it is about. It's almost addictive. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting that, you know, that was my start in tech. So it's kind of, it is my frame of reference for everything. I think the thing I really like about that space is the kind of the network of partners, like the community element of it is very strong. So there's just kind of a you know, everyone, there's a feeling that kind of everyone knows each other. And I really like that about it. Or there was just, I think, a lot of support between these different organizations and community about it. So, but, you know, I'm not, it's not like I went, um, I swung way far in another direction. So right now I'm focusing on product marketing for a company that does communications software so um, employee communications as well as some guest communications and I think a lot of those you know a lot of what's happening right now um, in the communication space isn't so far off from the digital experience space Uh, but yeah we're all stuck in this kind of hybrid world now and trying to figure out how to make work work and kind of navigate the new normal as it as it were so but but anyway you want to talk about that new normal yeah so you said because you said the link the the zoom link and uh what was it called um sorry the article here yeah. a second yeah it's a new york times mm-hmm. article the worst of both worlds zooming from the office yeah and and when, i must be honest when i first saw this i i 
linked it to my experience of working at you know in, in corporates where you you spend your your life going into the office you know Monday to Friday, whatever the hours were, and you'd you'd be on the phone meeting with everyone and you'd be meeting with people that are in the building, but it was too much effort to meet face to face. So you just call each other and talk um, desk to desk. That's what I, that's what I initially thought when I when I saw this title. Yeah, so so like everyone being still on site, but just calling each other anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and you'd have you'd have six people in the building, different floors, and instead of meeting each other in a meeting room, because that was like too much effort to to arrange, or you didn't have time also because you're so back to back in calls that you very rarely meet meet together. So you would go and just set up a call and just talk to each other on Skype because in those days it was Skype for business. Yeah, I think kind of the main thread here is that it's easier to make things work if everyone is remote. And in that kind of scenario that you're describing, it almost is like everyone's remote or at least everyone's doing it the same way, right? Everyone's at their laptop dialing in to the shared call or if everyone's in the office and everyone's meeting in person, then, you know, you can just do it that way. But I think a lot of the awkwardness with hybrid comes into meetings that are split between a group conference call where some people are sitting around a table and then, you know, uh, others are dialing in from Zoom or, you know, whatever they're using. And then you have those like two audiences and the article describes a few companies who have kind of cracked down on that setup because of some of the problems it can cause with people talking over each other or it's hard to hear one another. So I think it was Zillow who has a one Zoom, all Zoom policy. So one employee is dialing in or using Zoom, everyone has to kind of in like in the scenario you described, then just call in um, rather than using a conference phone. Yeah, I think that's so right. I mean, I did a call with with um, guys the other day, and I was the only one that was dialed in, and and even that was difficult because, like, I wasn't eye level with everyone, so I was sort of looking from the top down, and they were looking, they were obviously looking at me on their scoop on their laptop screens, and and that looked really weird because they their video their cameras weren't on on their laptops so i wasn't looking at people's faces while i was talking but i was watching their reactions as i was talking and i kept getting so confused as to who was i talking to and you know all that kind of stuff uh, obviously i couldn't be there in person for that meeting but it, you know I, i'd ideally want everyone to be remote or if we can do it in person do it all in person i think that that's the smartest thing um that's come out of all this for me as well that's a good um an interesting point about kind of not being able to see people or like pick out who's talking. I think that is in terms of like the benefit of using, you know, video call software, having everyone's name, you know, in the corner of the screen and associating that with the face. It's very handy. Yeah. No, it's, it's you know, I've gotten so used to it because often when you meet people for the first time, you, you can't remember what their names are, you know, so having them join a meeting and you've got their name at the bottom of the screen. That also helps you to to connect things. But I find it strange. I mean, one of the things I picked out of the article, and, and this is something I picked up with this vendor the other day, you know, vendors or people that join a meeting with their cameras off still surprises me. 
because I think that is like the most fundamental thing to build trust is to have a face-to-face unless you know the people really well like you and I've been you know we know sort of fairly well so if I don't see your face when you're talking not such a big deal but if you don't know anybody you know you, you, sh- you should be showing your face so they can see who you are and and the rest of it but also it helps with with stopping people talking over each other which can happen so often at a conference call yeah I can almost feel like a scam right it's like why won't you show me your face are you you know, is it like a, a catfishing situation? Um, but yeah, I think you're totally right. There is just an etiquette now around it. I think it does vary organization to, to org, kind of the approach. But, you know, if you have, assuming you have a camera, you know, on your laptop or if you have an external one, um, people, you know, when you're getting to know each other, it's very helpful to turn that on. I think that's one of the things that makes, remote work kind of you know just just work better just still being able to see faces yeah yeah exactly are you so i i know you've kind of you know you've worked at large banks where you know i, I feel like you're not um fresh to remote or hybrid as as kind of navigating those challenges are you surprised that organizations are still struggling with navigating how to make it work kind of culturally and productivity wise? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's not such much a technology problem. I think it's a human problem. Um, and it's definitely coming down to what the, what the message is from the top down. So I'm, I'm very surprised when someone, they're going to be in the office five days a week and their job and their job is a knowledge worker job. I mean, even, you know, my wife says some surgery. So even the surgeon, you know, he does some of his consults via Zoom because there's no need to drive all the way to go and see him. Um, so I think if you're willing to find a way, you'll find a way. Uh, I think there's, it's sometimes just an excuse because of, you know, some sort of need for control or or some commercial commitment that, that they're forcing people to go back to offices, which which I just think so is so impractical often. And especially when you consider people with, with kids uh, or, or people they need to care for, you know, forcing them to travel just makes no sense. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that looking back, it's almost hard to, you know, it's like, how did we, how did we do things that way for so long? Because it does, it, when you're, you know, going to an office every day and you have other commitments or, you know, if you're spending all your day on a computer anyway, as a knowledge worker, it just doesn't really, it's not needed. I mean, I think about, I just changed jobs in the old world. I would, that would have involved me doing a big move. I'm, I'm fully remote. My company isn't based in my state. And, you know, until all of this happened, it would have been very unlikely that I wouldn't have had to kind of uproot and move and that was just normal yeah well that's it um you know so so i've worked as you said both i mean i worked for small companies here in south africa and medium sized as well then in the uk i worked for mostly large corporates and i was thinking about the rigmarole like to go and work for a bank there's so much stuff you have to do in person and security checks and you can't just take a device um and and even though 
with where I'm doing now, there's, there's a device that's waiting for me in the UK. I can still do some of what I need to do remotely. Uh, and if I need to do something in the environment, then there's a VDI or, or a terminal session that I can log into that's been secured and set up and, and all the rest of it. So, so they all, you know, it, it's a case of making adjustments and, and, and logical, practical adjustments as opposed to, um, and, and some of the, you know, people that I've spoken to that are unwilling to do this, they, they almost want to throw the baby out of the bathwater. So, so, so bringing your own device is completely unacceptable. So they won't even entertain it. But then if you start talking and say, well, you know, what if I just need access to email, which I put on my phone or my, my tablet, that's okay. But to put it on a laptop that they haven't secured, that's not okay. But you sort of say, well, if you compare the two things, they're almost exactly the same because they're still, they're still computing devices. And, and there's no, you're not like you're, you're um, um, controlling my mobile device. You know, in most cases anyway, you're just giving me the, the, the signing credentials with a, with a second factor token. So once you sort of have those conversations, you find that there's a, there's actually a middle ground. And, and I think people confuse hybrid to, to be, you know, am I working in the office or am I working from home? But hybrid is actually just finding a middle ground to how do I get you to work in the most efficient, effective way, securing the business as well. Um, and I think that point around, you know, calls should either be all, you know, or well, meetings should either always be in person or always remote. Is, is not really hybrid. That's just, you know, the right, doing the right thing at the right time for the right reasons. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think hybrid can mean a lot of different things, right? There's no one way to hybrid. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the thing that I've always worried about is you, you get, and this happened to me when I used to work at the bank. So you're going to be in the office five days a week. You're, you're, you're in there to spend the whole day on the phone. You've wasted, you know, two three hours a day commuting. Um, you're not getting any any more productivity by going out. There. In fact, you're 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 getting less productive because you you're commuting all the way and you're getting tired. You're getting stressed. You you know your train runs late. Whatever it is. Um, whereas working from home, to the most part, has given you back some productivity and some balance in your life. Um, but the thing that that worries me is that you've got to have a balance of both. You've got to you've got to get to know people and. So I, so I like the idea from that article where they said they all go in the office one day a week. I think they called to work from the office Wednesdays or something. But but that that only works, you know, for the people in, in that geographic location. Um, so if you still are, a, like you're in your case, you know, your company's nowhere near you, you, you still, you need to almost work twice as hard to have those social interactions, um, you know, and have a, get, you know, get to know people in, on a personal level. Totally. I think the hardest thing about onboarding remotely is forming relationships. I don't know. I'm sure you're experiencing this as well, although obviously you knew some folks from before, so maybe that's lessened it a little bit. But um, there, I think there's something about even just so I'm, I'm, I joined a larger organization. It's a little over three times as big as, as Lakeside. And just I think if I was in person, right, and everyone was in person, just being sitting somewhere, right, and you're seeing people walk by, and your and your brain is like, okay, that's this person, and I think you kind of learn who everyone is easier, especially people who you might not ever 
really need to interact with too much for your job role, right? But you'll still see them. And so you learn who they are. But fully remote, there's none of those casual interactions. Um, mm. So it's harder to form relationships. And it essentially involves, you know, meetings. And then like finding reasons to reach out and have conversations with people, which are, is a very kind of efficient and thoughtful way to do a relationship building, right? Because you have to be very intentional of, um, you know, figuring out who you do want to form those um, bonds with or collaborate with and reach out and, you know, set an agenda and make it worth their time as well. But it is just a lot harder to have any sort of casual or spontaneous, even short interactions um, that you would have in a physical office. Yeah, I, I mean, I had that when I when I joined. Um, I worked for for a uh, was a Canadian. It was it was also a US based company, and, and I, you know I was interviewed completely online, and this is long before COVID. I knew one person in the company before I joined them. Um, my entire team was outside of the outside of the UK. So, um, you know, literally when my job started, my laptop arrived via courier sort of the Friday before my day, my first day. And, you know, when I, when I logged on, there was a whole flurry of meetings already booked in my diary to meet people, uh, or at least to introduce me to people. And then I had a list of people that I had to meet. And it took probably three months before I met another person from the company. So everything was done. Um, in, in those days, it was done over... Scarf for business, um, and and it, and it was completely surreal because you the only time you saw other people was when you went to a meeting or or we'd have every so often there were other people in the business. By the time I left, we'd meet in in the city for a a workshop or or just a a meet and greet. We'd all sit and work around a table, do our own thing, but at least we were in the same building. That's I mean that's that's my experience today. I got my my tech chip and had some meetings booked and and off to the races but I am looking forward to to travel to those office sites and I do have some other remote workers who are funnily enough also in this city I am so we you know can get together and and do what you described get get together at a coffee shop or wherever and even if we're not collaborating because we don't need to we could still you know, meet up and maybe do some work around each other and kind of get that experience. Because even though I obviously chose to work fully remotely and I, um, there's so much that is a huge benefit of that. And I think I can, you know, I can make that work. I think the prospect of like never seeing your team um, in person, like, I don't know if I'm ready for that world yet, or we're just fully remote with never like the prospect of eventually meeting people face-to-face. Yeah, I don't think that'll be the case. I mean, we were talking today about a whole bunch of new variants coming out and, you know, will they start locking things down again? And I don't think they will. I think, as I say, they in the sense of governments and whoever makes the decisions. Um, I don't think you can. I think it's, you know, the only way to solve this problem is to, is to get vaccinated and to... Um, you know, follow the basic hygiene things, you know, wearing a mask, washing your hands, keeping your distance. I mean, I know that sounds antisocial, but, you know, that there's no other simple solution because the vaccines will only get better. And and the the other thing is just about keeping yourself, you know, protected. Yeah. Not that this is a, not that this is a COVID show and you should be, <laughs> be told what to do, but, 
it's uh, just common sense, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, everyone just wants to go back to a more normal life, right, without, you know, putting themselves or their loved ones at risk, so. Sorry, just, I mean, on that point, that that's exactly the thing, is we all want to go back to town freedom. And, and 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 I think there's we we all got a bit blasé before this all happened, you know. Sort of, if you were sick, you'd go to work, and you'd be mm-hmm. be a hero, be a hero for being in the office with your flu, you know, you know, tough, toughing it out. And what you really were doing was giving everyone that you came into contact with flu or whatever it was. Uh, and that's not just the people you work with, but it's the you know, Mike in the UK, it's the tube, it's the 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 passengers on the bus, the passengers on the train, um, you know, making the problem worse. Now that they're going back into normal, you know, inverted commas, the flu's made it made it come back again. Um, so I think there's a level of hopefully people maturing to realise that that you, if you're sick, you should stay at home. And and, the, and we all know the technology works because we've used it for so long, like that now, and uh, be a bit more responsible. Yeah, I I think that is a better, you know something good that's come out of, of all of this is just the kind of behavior around sickness in general and, you know, the, the courtesy of that and not, yeah, not treating it as a good for you. You're like, you know, you can barely stand up and you're feverish and you're coughing, but you made it into the office. Uh, you're dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. That's always killed me. You know, and, and I remember when I tore my, my calf muscle playing squash, and my boss at the time sort of gave me this, well, I'm sure you can make it on your crutches and stuff into the office. And I'm like, do you, do you know how complicated my route is to the office? And he just, he, you could almost hear the, the disbelief that I wanted to work from home for a week. In fact, it was six weeks. And I should have, I should have, you know, tried to, to get to the office because they valued that more than me recovering. It's so short-sighted, you know, if you... If you're not taking care of yourself, you know, what if you, because your commute was so complicated, you know, aggravated your injury because you're like kind of trying to run after something. Or if you're, you know, if you have a virus and you're not resting, just the illness dragging on longer because you're not addressing it properly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. I suppose I should go prepare my Thanksgiving (laughs) feast. I'm sorry, the texts are rolling in for me now. Uh, Good. Well, enjoy that and have a happy Thanksgiving and we'll talk next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.